Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to another not the PD, not the PD wiki. That's what happens when you do one at 7:21 a.m. <laughs> it's not the PD wiki. It's not the not the Wikipedia weekly. No, it is not the Wikipedia weekly. And if you're confused, so am I. I'm Private Musings, um, and it's very early in the morning for me. And this is not the Wikipedia weekly episode. Uh, Derova, what episode are we on now? I believe we're on episode nine. Nine. So, this and I also believe that yes, it is uh, the middle of the afternoon here in California, and it's Friday. I think you think it's Saturday. I'm convinced of it. And this is, of course, the one before double figures. It's we're nearly there. It's all very exciting. Uh, in the room today, as well as Derova and I, who'll be co-hosting, uh, we've got uh, user Dorf Truffle. Hello, hello. Um, all the way from Germany, we've got user Scar Troll. Greetings. We have the letter E. Hello. Uh, we've got the one and only Mike Halterman. Hi there. And Seddon69 coming from Wales. Hello. And another uh, Australian, uh, Steve, uh, user Steve Crossin. Should I? And to finish off, we've got the two Zs. We've got user zero and user Zaginda. So say hello, folks, if you're there. We haven't checked your mics, I don't think. So say Hi hello. Hi, everyone. Hello, this is Zaginda, not Zaginda. Zero. Zero and Zaginda. There you go. Welcome to the, to the room, chaps. Um, as you can hear from our rather long introductions, um, we're, we're growing a little bit, which is great. Um, we've actually got 15 people in the room right now. Um, so I'd like to also say hello to Adshaw, uh, QST, SD Walkerster, and Sunderland 06, who are in this Skype cast and listening, um, along with an anonymous account, who uh, self-evidently is an anonymous account. Um, just before we get into the topics that we're going to be chatting about today, Wikipedia-related, a couple of words on, on this particular project. Um, it's uh, the, the wiki page, which you know because you're there, because you're listening to this. Um, you'll notice that it's been tidied up a little. And I'd like to say thanks to user Dorf Truffle, who's here. Thanks, Dorf, for your, you know, um, that would have taken me ages what you did. Uh, how long did you spend on it? Half an hour. So, I'm very cool. <laughs> and you'll notice <laughs> at the wiki page, uh, we've now got a little section called the notice board, uh, which is sort of, I don't know, uh, on a regular screen, it's, as you load the page, it's toward the bottom right. Uh, and it's actually not the notice board, continuing the not meme. Uh, and you'll find that um, what I've found anyway in the last sort of week or so is that quite a lot of the of the users who are here in this room or or some others as well are starting to we're starting to chat a bit more on Skype. Um, it, and I have a good uh, an announcement actually to add to that. Um, the informal chat uh, got its first good article. Um, collaboratively worked on overnight. Leanne Miller, who I believe is an English footballer, and we have another good article drive in the way, and a did you know drive in the way. Fantastic. So not only are we chin-wagging, uh, chatting about all sorts of things, um, but it's actually getting some content work done. That's, that's news to me, and that's awesome. So if you ever feel like talking to a Wikipedian, um, have a little look at Not the Notice Board, and you'll see that usually there'll be a Skype ID in there, um, which you have to fire up Skype and send a message or add as a contact the, the Skype ID that's displayed on the notice board, uh, and they'll help you out with getting you into the talk, which may be an article drive, maybe uh, meta-discussion, 
or may just be chewing the fat about sport or something else. Um, it's, it takes all sorts, um, which is cool. And dot, 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 further to that, if you want to host one yourself, then, of course, post your Skype ID if you feel like uh, if, if there's not one there. Right now, for instance, it says there are no active chats because there's no unofficial chat because we're having an official chat. So you get the idea anyway. That's, that's sort of enough on this project, but I'm really glad to see that more people are tuning in uh, and that it's growing and it's good to talk, basically. That's, that's the, uh, the project in a nutshell. It's good to talk. Okay, moving off that to our particular topic lists today. Um, the first one we, we're going to cover is a little bit to do with Wikipedia and IRC and the safety of editors in real life. Um, there's, there's been a little bit of activity. In fact, this relates to some of the threats of violence discussion that we've been sort of threatening to have for about nine episodes now. Uh, there's been a few... It's a constant problem at the wiki that from time to time people post... Uh, People post various kinds of threats, you know, uh, from the ridiculous sort of easy to discount vandalism where someone says, you know, oh, I hate you, I'm going to kill you, which may be easier to discount to a slightly more serious sort of, uh, you know, actual mentioning of things like pipe bombs and shootings. And it gets very nasty. Uh, and we've got fairly undeveloped systems at the moment on Wikipedia um, for, for sort of dealing with that, for how we go about it. Um, Pretty much what tends to happen is somebody notices something and posts it at a notice board, usually somewhere like the administrator's notice board or the incidents notice board. Um, there's a proposal, or in fact it was a proposal, but it's now been popped back to an essay um, at uh, WP colon TOV, which is a little bit controversial. I've been involved in, in sort of uh, helping user B-Stone who, who started it. I've been involved in writing it a bit. Um, and it just suggests that um, that it may be sensible to, uh, well, the nutshell of that is to report, revert, and ignore. And the controversial bit of that is the report, um, how we may, uh, should we report it or not. And uh, Mike, I'm going to ask you, because you, we, we were saying just before we chatted that you, you hadn't really thought about this, you haven't had a background, you know, considering it. So given that sort of nutshell, what are your thoughts on, on that particular issue? Um, I really, I'm, I'm really not that familiar with it even after hearing about it. Um, maybe, maybe if you could explain it a little more, um, I, I, I can chime in, but it's still not making sense to me. Yeah, no worries. Well, it's, it's basically how to answer the question. If, if, or the this is one aspect of it. If a threat comes into Wikipedia, uh, how are we going to deal with it? What should we do? Should, do we even need anything, a policy to say anything about it? Is the sort of, um, you know, will it be taken care of appropriately? Is there a need to form some sort of plan, if you like, is it, if this is going to keep happening? Um, uh, does that help you at all? Uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, normally, from what I've seen, a lot of threats, whether they be um, lawsuits or suicide threats or threats of violence against another person, um, they've been reported to the um, administrator's notice board incidents. And people seem to get on those fairly quickly. Um, apart from that, I don't, I don't really see any special need for anything more uh, devoted. I, I think that really takes care of the issue um, fairly quickly and um, fairly quickly the way it is. Yeah, the concern, the concern with that is that w I, I, what I've noticed over the last little while is people popping up at the notice board, the ANI notice board, and asking what to do. Uh, and when they when that happens repeatedly, as in you know what should I do about this or what should I do about that, if we're going over the same things repeatedly, um, and in particular if 
there's a suspicion or a feeling that obviously a certain portion of these threats are going to just be trolling. They're going to be seeking attention, right? Uh, and there's a cons- I've got a bit of a worry that the, the talking about it at ANI actually feeds that a little bit. Um, equally, if, it, if, if there's any merit to any sort of threat, if there's any feeling that it's at all uh, serious, um, then we just can't actually do anything about it other than notify an authority. There's no, there's no, you know, Wikipedia is a website, not a, <laughs> not a law enforcement agency or anything else. Um, so that would be one limit of the ANI. Um, I'll, I'll, Darova, have you, have you thought about these sorts of things at all? This, this issue of threats of violence. Oh, oh yes. Well, um, the first one that I dealt with was back in December of 2006, where somebody posted a suicide note. And I wound up going on Google, um, you know, after checking the who is, and uh, to look up the appropriate jurisdiction, and I had a little chat with the Pennsylvania State Police. Um, at first, the, indi- the, the officer that I spoke to was a, a little bit surprised by my request, but as soon as he understood what it was I was communicating, it was all business. Um, and I gave the IP address, and I, I gave... Um, you know, the the article where the threat had been made and the, you know, read off the threat. And it's not too difficult for them to send something over to their IT department and find out the street address where it originated from. And uh, that individual probably had a couple of officers knocking on their door. Um, I hope they were okay. But if it was a joke... Um, then they probably had a uh, very embarrassing conversation shortly afterward. But <laughs> every, every protocol that I know for dealing with actual suicide threats is you assume that they're serious until proven otherwise. Uh, it's better to have a little bit of embarrassment than to risk somebody actually hurting themselves. So that's the, um, that's the thing that I've always followed. I'm, I'm less comfortable about having a... Um, a formal policy about that just because there's I think it's really an essay called Wikipedia beans don't stuff beans up your nose I don't want to give people the ideas but um, if if it really is a threat of violence to oneself or someone else I think that people can count on getting a visit from actual law enforcement that's one of the few times when I would when I would contact anybody yeah, and I'll play, you're exactly right about the, the beans issue has been raised, and I'll play devil's advocate for a moment, which is also, um, there's a feeling that, you know, perhaps the large number of them are just, you know, just silly, uh, and it's, it's not possible or appropriate to have a policy that, that, um, that has some sort of requirement on editors to, you know, to follow it, as in to report it. Um, Seddon, uh, you, you're also sort of outside of these issues, but I'll bring you in here. You know, what do you take from all this? We'll move on from this in a moment, but I'm just interested in another outside view. So, what do you reckon, Sed? And I think that um, I think Wikipedia has, has a has a does have some sort of duty to the protection of its editors. I'm not saying that you know um, well, I'm talking about major things, but I think that there just needs to be a sort of um, just sort of a, a, a procedure that you know if um, as has been said, you know, if an editor feels that, you know, that they're, they're in any risk from a stalker or whatever, and it does happen on Wikipedia, um, but, you know, they, they need to make sure that they get in touch with their, their local authorities and they, they're not um, 
you know, coming onto Wikipedia trying to, but they need to make sure that, you know, that the people on Wikipedia, you know, are working also, you know, with the, the, the appropriate authorities. And what I assume, you know, through, um, you know, the OTRS system, just to make sure that, um, that Wikipedia is, is, is providing the information to, you know, the, the law. Yeah, so basically you're, you're echoing the, the need for some sort of responsibility. Um, it is hard to get past the beans issue. Um, it's also it's also something that you know perhaps the jury's out on whether or not it, the current the status quo is a problem at all. The status quo is that people pop up on you know as Mike said it does get dealt with. Um, I just wonder if it, if it's something that um, I've seen rather too many questions, too many people saying things like um, oh no don't bother reporting it that's probably just someone being silly, and that does really worry me. Um, because it, it, it doesn't, that's really not how the world works. We're not uh, really able to make that call. Um, so m- my take yes. on it is, yeah, go ahead, Dorova. Well, I'm just saying that if if enough things happen, if enough threats happen, um, you know, even if only one in a hundred is serious, there's that chance that somebody will blow off the one hundred, you know, the one hundredth serious one and. You know, if if some 15-year-old winds up hurting himself, I'll just say that if I were that kid's mother, and I had found out that uh, that the kid had had posted his you know intention on Wikipedia and the thing was handled inappropriately, you know, I I I live in the United States where people uh, run and get a lawyer, and I wouldn't be surprised if if that ever came to pass, if somebody didn't go ahead and do exactly that. Yeah, indeed. it might be an area that we can actually ask advice for from from the foundation. Indeed, stuff like that, because there's obviously um, you in your case, Derova, and I think Mike, you you were saying that you you had a similar experience. Can you just just give us a quick, you know, two second rundown, Mike, on on what you went through or what you saw? Oh, it was it was a situation regarding reporting something to the authorities. Um, back when they had the shooting in Northern Illinois earlier this year, I was the one that had to call the um, police department at the university telling them that someone had released the name and all all this personal information about uh, the suspected shooter. And uh, this was before um, the police had even made any um, indication in the press as to who who did it. And um, they had apparently searched through the university's... um, database which was publicly uh, accessible to find the person and had their address and their phone numbers and things like that and um, I had to call the people up and say someone's putting this in the article you might want to take this down if this is the person and it turned out that it was the person that had shot all those people Um, but they didn't understand that at first they were like well you know uh, I don't know why you're contacting us. Why, what does this have to do with us? And then I had to explain the entire thing, and I figured that might obstruct the investigation. I, I'm, I wasn't even sure. And um, I, I had to explain the entire thing to them. And after I did that, as, as, as was the case with Darova, they, uh, they were much more understanding then. But it was very confusing. I had to tell them, well, I'm, I'm a person on Wikipedia. I'm an administrator. And they're like, okay, so... <laughs> they, they really, they really didn't get it at first. Yeah, yeah, but that's a, I mean, that's an interesting one, and this brings us back to actually the, to, to the. I'm realizing quite clearly, I've, I'm shifted this topic towards talking about threats of violence, which is really slightly different to the IRC and safety of editors, which was sort of nominated. Um, 
uh, with regard to threats, um, there's going to have to be some uh, some sort of foundation or some sort of user involvement, particularly if it were from a logged in account. You know, things like uh, check users might have to be run and information might be got. And as you say, Mike, some basically education, I guess, to because a, a, a policeman or a, an authority is not necessarily going to have any concept of of how the community quote unquote works. Um, so it can be very hard to explain, you know, who you are and, and how you relate to it and all those sorts of things. Um, it's, yeah, uh, ST Walkerstone uh, has just popped up there. And uh, you're not mic'd, I know, but you're saying, look, there's a there's another guideline or another essay, rather, called WP Suicide, which is um, a particular, uh, another particularly distressing sort of thing when people, uh, you know, people mention that they're thinking or contemplating suicide. And the advice there officially is always, always, always any mention, any serious thing is, is to try and engage and try and report and try and seek help for those people. Um, you really got to do that. Um, so there you go. That's pretty. That's pretty heavy. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on from there now to uh, something that uh, we've got user Phil who's just popped in, and I know that Derover and, and you are gonna have some some interesting things to say. Um, Phil's been working on what he calls an assume good face, an, an AGF challenge. Uh, that's his term for it. I think it's a bit of a dispute resolution workout, uh, but it's, it's his baby. And uh, Phil, uh, give us a quick rundown. Uh, what, do you, what, what is it? And we have the typing of keys. I'm guessing, Phil, that you're not mic'd up or your mic's... I'm afraid we can't hear you. Um, so uh, Okay, how about that? Is that working? That's working great. Can What's you- the AGF challenge all about, Phil? The AGF challenge uh, is a set of exercises... Uh, eight to start with, um, where somebody who hasn't really had any experience or exposure to controversial issues can, in a kind of a safe, sanitized way, without reading tons of stuff, can um, try their hand and offer advice and suggestions about how they would resolve some typical controversial situations that come up on um, contentious articles. And... um, so far, I've had 61 people take the challenge. Uh, it's been suggested as uh, some of this might be used for training of new editors or... or hold up, hold up there a second, Phil. You've had, you've had how many? 61 so far. That's, that's, a, that's a large number. That's much more than I would have thought. Uh, and now, when they, when they fill in their responses to you, is there, is, does it then feed back to them, or do you, how do you sort of respond um, <coughs> to that? they got a choice of three ways to respond. They can respond by multiple choice. They can respond by essay answer. Or they can respond essay answer anonymously as well. Um, nobody's responded anonymously yet, but that option is there in case people don't want to be associated with their answers. And that also could be true for <coughs> people that are, <coughs> excuse me, banned users could also, you know, have somebody send it to me or make some kind of arrangement to send it to me by email. And uh, so as it's an and talk us through, just run us down. I mean, like, give us an example of, of what exactly you're asking people to think about. Well, I'll give you a simple one, which you know was had. This came up right after the discussion with the Wikipedia review people, and I posted, and that was what the the spur was. And this is based on a real problem. Uh, some guy, um, we have an article about him, and he's written a bunch of books, and some of his some of his books, according to Amazon.com and his own website and so on, some of them he wrote alone, and some of them uh, his wife was an editor on, and some his wife is listed as a co-author on. And so this is true 
where the books are being sold, both on his own website and Amazon.com. It, he also said this in an auto, two autobiographies of his on the web I found. He mentions that. And it's also mentioned in a couple of interviews that people did with him. So we, we of course put that in, in his biography. We just mentioned that, you know, his wife had been co-author on some of these books. And then he contacted us through the OTRS system. And I don't, I'm trying not to give too many details here to identify exactly what the situation is, but contacted us through the OTRS system. And one of, he had two or three demands and one of the demands was, um, he wanted to be listed as the sole author of all of the books, or else he'd sue the crap out of us. And we went and did some digging, and we we found that holy cow, uh, you know, here are all these sources that that show that his wife is a co-author. So there's a question for you: What do you do? So you see, many many people say, uh, "Oh, you should." So I'll hold you there for a sec, Phil. I'll hold you there. Yeah, just pause for a sec. So the deal is that that's a scenario, and we'll we'll try a little short that's version now live. Yeah, we've got we've got um, the letter what E. What do you do? Uh, user letter E here. E, did you follow that scenario at all? Uh, no, I didn't really have any um have any you know um you know association with it. Um, no, so, that, you're quite a good person well, to try and chat. What would you do in that circumstance? You know, you've, you've got a bunch of sources that say his wife is a co-author, and he says, um, report that I'm the sole author or I will sue you. And you've got, say, ten sources that show otherwise. What do you do? Oh, well, that would... Oh, I would not know. <laughs> See, <laughs> it, it's tricky. It's tricky. The more yeah. you think about it, the trickier it gets, actually. Because it's not just a question of lawsuits, it's also a question of philosophy. So there's a, a kind of an assumed good faith philosophy that runs through what he did and says, well, whatever a subject of a biography wants, or whatever an, an editor wants, uh, we do. We but should, we, like, what do you do in this circumstance when it's nonsense? As people are saying in the chat, um, well, seriously, you should just... Um, just keep writing that his wife is the co-author because um, we're an encyclopedia we've always got to have the correct facts well do yes yeah that makes sense sort of except yeah, that that uh, that uh, philosophy comes into conflict with other philosophies that we espouse, and that's the whole point of this AGF challenge, is to show that there's actually ambiguities and contradictions and vagueness in our policies and vagueness in some people's attitudes, our internal and external critics, many of the things they're espousing or they're asking will make an exception for my particular situation. When you apply that broadly across Wikipedia, you end up with trouble. And that's the whole point of HGF challenge, which I invite anybody to do is look there on the, on the uh, page. Uh, take a look at them, and you will see that they aren't all quite so simple. And so if you follow that philosophy of, well, let's just report the facts, because we're an encyclopedia, that will run you, you will find out that contradicts some of the other philosophies that people like to see. So it's a kind of a, it's difficult. And the idea is, I think probably why you're getting so many people, which is cool, um, is that it's 
we, you know, it's sharing good practice. If people are going through these difficult issues, then, you know, as a, as a wiki, we, it's good to have systems to, to share best practice and to kind of help each other out and to say, you know what, that is a difficult situation, but let's talk about that, let's think about that. I think what we'd like to do, like any, uh, I'll let you talk in a second, Drew. What we'd like to do, like any business that's doing management things, we would like to establish best practices. So this is the first step along the road, maybe have some best practices, maybe a body of knowledge that we can train people in and pass on. All right, Drew, overcome. Oh, well, I just wanted uh, to point out that this week on my blog, I've published a fairly long interview with Phil about the AGF challenge and the background that went into it. So people who are curious about why he developed this and, and maybe some of the reasons why dozens of people have already taken it um, are welcome to uh, read in there. I'm on blogspot, derova.blogspot. And... Uh, and get a little more background. Of course, when Phil is logged in here, he'll be glad to talk to you too. And Phil, would you be would you be open to some other people throwing in some, uh, uh, you know, some other ideas or some other uh, sort of situations? Yeah, no. One of the one of those eight situations is Darova's. Actually, they're not all mine. One of those is actually came from Darova, and I'm I'm producing. Uh, second and third generations of questions and not all of those questions come from me they were exercises some of those exercises are from other people so if anybody has an especially interesting or challenging um, situation of the, the form of similar form to what you see there in the ADF challenge uh, sure pass it along to me and we'll put it in the same format and just shove it in with the rest uh, and we might, we might return it we might talk we might talk in a future show about some of the uh, user Kim Bruning as well as start a series of lectures. And this idea that, that we're actually looking now to have some kind of peer education, you know, we're looking to help each other through some of the difficult bits and try and improve stuff. It's, all, it's kind of part of the same sort of direction, would you say, Phil? Yes, it is. And in fact, in last Sunday's show, he went through two or three of the challenge exercises on his show. Cool. So that's the AGF challenge. Now we're, we're going to move on from there to, um, well, a complete change of uh, conversation, change of direction. Um, Dorf Truffle, you you've mentioned that you've you've seen basically it's people's fascination with all sorts of conspiracy theories against the uh, versus the in-your-face day-to-day issues. Um, what what do you see sort of uh, floating around that thing at the moment? Um. Well, um, about this whole topic, um, um. My idea was to to um, well um, kick off a debate, you know, and and, um, and then just just um, kick this around. Um, where I have this is a, this is an old issue really is um, that I um, first started noticing not really uh, drama at Wikipedia, uh, but instead I'm talking about myself here right now. Um, I noticed that I. Um, um, I started um, feeling that fascination and trying to um, uh, read anything about it. There was something uh, in, well, um, semi-reliable news outlets and so on. And um, then I caught myself um, and, and, and um, uh, found myself uh, repeatedly uh, going back to that. And um, I think this is happening to a lot of people. And 
even more than any uh, drama or, or um, any roles that happen on Wikipedia. The primary um, problem with it, I see, and um, well, I would like to hear um, more opinions on that and, and experiences, uh, is that it really distracts from, um, well, um, the day-to-day encyclopedic maintenance tasks we have in our hands, because that's basically what we should be doing. And um, I know, well, um, yeah, I, w- I would... Uh, so, so just to, to boil it down, you're saying that you, you see something dramatic or something or something related to a conspiracy theory and you it, you find it engaging. It is engaging, so you sort of get in, get involved in that. Um, is this is this part of what you'd sort of say would be you know Wikipedia is not a game? Is is it is that does that sum up the issue that you're describing? Yeah, and simultaneously uh, the point that uh, well, maybe have a have a tendency to uh, to make it into a game. I know I do, um, and. Um, I know that's something I um, have been trying to, to um, well, reduce, obviously. Um, but I know that it's, it's really it's really seductive because it's really easy because um, uh, to indulge in, in all sorts of conspiracy theories, this needs um, tedious work. It needs um, a vivid fantasy, and that's easy to do. You can come up with all sorts of ideas, and I think that's why people do it and um, why I have... Uh, um, Frequently found myself um, uh, well tempted to to indulge in any sort of um, really crazy um, conspiracy theories just because they are there. <laughs> well, Dolph, Dolph, we're going to come back to that in a moment because I want to hear some of these crazy conspiracy theories that tempt you. Uh, but before we do, um, there are aspects, of course, of our of our like of our for want of a better word, culture and structure that really do tend toward. Um, Tend toward the game playing. I think even Brian, Brian Vibber, who's the um, the longtime developer for for the Wikimedia Foundation, I think he described once in a speech how it's very uh, you know the key one of the key aspects of Wikipedia is its addictive nature and its similarity in some ways to a video game where you fix up a few you know you, you fix up a few articles, correct a few typos, then you get to whack a troll. And if you work hard enough, then you um, you level up, you know, to admin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and and that's obviously, you know, that can be good where that that interest is being harnessed to do good work, as in to fix typos and to prevent vandalism. That's obviously a good thing. But um, the the bad side to it is when people go, you know, they engage with the project in the wrong way. And I guess that the, the sort of what it boils down to, the concern that you're describing is that people aren't remembering that it's really just an, you know, it's a website which is an encyclopedia which is trying to be as accurate and as and as good as possible. Um, that's the root problem that people just forget that in their in their enjoyment of playing whatever game it is that they're playing. Um, but I want to hear a bit more now. What are, what sort of in, uh, conspiracy theories have caught your eye or tweaked your interest in the past, Dorf? Uh, sorry, you were breaking up there. Uh, to catch the last sentence. I was just saying, what, what, um, could you, could you give an example of a conspiracy theory that's caught your eye or tweaked your interest in the past? Uh, well, I wouldn't want to go into details right now. Um, I think we all know the basic stories, several of them, and, um, uh, one um, buzzword I could mention is MI5. Uh, you all have he- uh, heard of that, and um, um, well, just as one example, I, I, I think everyone knows um, those issues. 
So, okay, you're, you're sort of, those sorts of things are related to, uh, in particularly, they're not related at all to the content of the encyclopedia, right? You're talking about the editors and the conspiracies about, you know, some so-and-so rules the, you know, is running the cabal and the cabal is owned by Israel or, you exactly. know, just to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, well, so they're even they're a particularly pernicious uh, set of, of. It's a particularly dangerous way of thinking that, isn't it? When it's not related to the content anymore at all, it's just related to the society, and it's uh, you know that that can be problematic, I guess. Yeah, because well, uh, the content is all the um, is everything we have really. It's the the most real level of Wikipedia is the content, the main space content, and not everything, not anything around surrounding the the um, uh, the community really. I believe the community is there to to work together and to enjoy it, and um, um, it's it's really interesting. I think also on a, on a meta level um, to find oneself. Um, um, dragged into the direction of, of doing the same thing um, some people really like to do and, and just come up with crazy ideas despite knowing despite knowing that it's not a good idea and despite knowing that it's not productive really so I guess the, the advice you know what you're, you're saying that's a bad thing the advice you'd offer is remember why we're here folks basically yes of course yeah I, I think especially um, what I try to do is to look to people who uh, really steer clear of all of that and concentrate, really focus on um, on main space work and, and behind the scenes work also on, in, in project space, but who never indulge in any of those debates and who um, uh, who are really the the people we should um, pay more attention to because um, well they they do a lot of work and they don't take um, this sort of bad advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we, we'll, we're, I'm sure we'll return to that in a future chat, actually, um, Dorf, because the thought that if, if you're not contributing in main space, you're not contributing, um, is one that's it's it's attractive in lots of ways, and yet it's it's very interesting to see, you know, particularly like for instance, I have precious few main space edits in the last couple of weeks. I've done a few little things here and there. But I've been far more involved on what you might call the meta level. Yeah, and it's probably yeah, yeah, it's probably quite healthy to have that chat about you know if you're not contributing to main space, you're not contributing. Um, It's interesting to note how many people fall foul of that, and you know, and what that would mean. So um, that's one to one to for us to to return to, I think. But aside from that, in terms of wild conspiracy theories and uh, you know damaging gossip, basically, yeah, we've got a. Uh, remember why we're here. That's the that's the deal. Um, we're going to move on from that just to do a little bit of a of a of a sort of analysis of of non-admin rollback. It's been a few months since uh, rollback was somewhat controversially enabled. Um, it amounted, as far as I can tell, to a bit of confusion about whether or not it should be or whether or not it shouldn't be. And and after much uh, classic wiki conflabbing, as in you know reams and reams of talk page posts. Um, it eventually was decided to, to leave it. Let's see how it goes. And uh, quite predictably, if you like, um, that's turned into a, uh, a longer term solution. Uh, I'm also going to hand over my hosting duties at this point of the podcast over to Deroma. But to kick off the, uh, the conversation on admin or non-admin rollback, Seddon, you're a non-admin, right? And Seddon's, yeah, rollback. Okay, I was asking you, Seddon, because I, I, I had a feeling you were a non-admin who was using rollback. Oh, sorry. Couldn't I couldn't... Hello? 
time. There you go. G, loud and clear. So go ahead. You're, tell us a bit about your use of rollback and what you think about it. Um, personally, I, I think that, um, I, that the whole fuss that was kicked up about the, the rollback feature, I think, was probably now looking at hindsight that it was probably not necessary. I know that I've had rollback, um, and it's you know it's a very easy tool to use. But since then, you know, I've um, I've used Twinkle and I've also got Huggle, um, both of which has the the rollback feature built in, and both of which probably um, you know expand what you can do with rollback. And I, I think that. Um, it's not. It wasn't a big change, I think, to Wikipedia. It's. It is definitely. You know, um, one of the worries is that it would form a, a new level of um, Wikipedians. You know, we have you know, our administrators and bureaucrats, and I think that um, those who have rollback, you know, aren't that aren't of second class, and I think that's a good thing because I, I think that you know we don't need another layer of bureaucracy. And I think that you know rollback has been good for Wikipedia. I think. Um, you know, we need every help we can in ensuring that the information we've got in our articles is correct and isn't vandalised. So I, I think that it's, it was a good decision. Um, Before you go too much further, let's, let's make sure that our listeners understand what rollback is. Um, would, uh, would you like to give a quick summary of what the rollback feature actually does? Um, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Um, essentially, the, uh, the rollback feature um, is an, was originally an administrative feature. Um, to, what you have to do is you have to press on the undo button, and it brings up a, a new uh, edit screen with the edit previous edit removed. Then you have to save it. Okay. What the rollback feature does is cuts out the second step, and you essentially press the rollback feature, and it will roll back to the edit from the, the next editor. So if one editor has made, say, seven edits in a row, it will roll back all seven edits by that editor till the next new editor in the in the list of contributions, if that makes any sense. Right. Can I just, just, can I just add something to that to make it clear? Because someone posted to my user page um, the other day and, and uh, appeared to think it was some kind of uh, special power that he couldn't emulate. Actually... Any editor can do the equivalent of a rollback, but just with a couple more mouse clicks. Um, it, a rollback is just a way of, of speeding up that. You could go to a historic page version, um, open that up before some vandal had come along, um, and then just save the historic version. But that manually, that's a little bit slower, and you would need to write an edit summary so that people understood what you were doing. Um, rollback sort of makes that into just, you know, a, a much more streamlined thing. So do we have any other uh, people here who are um, rollbackers but not admins uh, who can comment on the feature? Uh, we have somebody who does not have good audio right now who's, uh, who's um, uh, breaking up. We have one of our listeners... Uh, is commenting that he got rollback without asking. And another one of our listeners is uh, saying that he has uh, rollback. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm also, I'm a rollbacker right now. Um, 
Yes, if you'd like to, QSD, uh, would you like to speak? We have someone here who is deciding whether to uh, discuss this. Uh, someone who would prefer to uh, to go by type by voice, if you'd like to. Uh, if you're a fast typist, I can uh, read off what you're saying. Please try to make it brief. Uh, in the meantime, is there somebody else that would like to go to private musings? Do you have rollback? No, I've got to tell you, I'm I'm not a rollbacker. Uh, I, I've in fact been learning from what you guys have been saying exactly what it is, um, and it seems to me a very correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me a, a particularly useful anti-vandal tool. You know, to follow someone like said in your still chatting, is that it's, is that how you use it to follow someone's contributions around and say, you know what, you've been messing around with like six articles, you silly person. I'm going to just roll back all your edits. Find your over. Oh, well, um, you know, as a former administrator, uh, rollback is an automatic thing that you get along with being an administrator. And I used to be an admin. I turned that in. I'm not an admin anymore, but I am a rollbacker now. Uh, we've got uh, somebody else who's an admin and a rollbacker. Um, and I found that of all the admin tools that I, uh, that, you know, I, I, I passed back, um, rollback was the one that I missed the least. Although, now that I've got it again, I'm actually doing a lot more vandal fighting. Uh, when non-admin rollback was first implemented, uh, somebody gave it to me without me asking for it, and I, I, I handed it back at first. I said, thank you, but no thank you. I don't want an inference of impropriety. Somebody might think that I got it through some back channel or something like that, and I'd, I'd rather just not raise any eyebrows. And after about a month, it wasn't controversial anymore. And I decided, okay, and I'm doing actually a lot more vandal reversion now. And there's a couple of, uh, as well as the happy rollback stories, QST is just popping up here in the chat describing... Uh, that his rollback was removed for um, for what obviously was perceived by someone as inappropriate use, and there's in fact there's a current thread on the on the uh, administrators notice board as well about um, about someone else having their rollback uh, removed uh, for again someone believing that it was inappropriate. So there's there's sections of the community are learning or they're they're learning the hard way, I guess, for either someone's making a mistake in in not assessing the edits as were they proper or not. You know, maybe they were fine and someone got a bit upset and removed people's rollback uh, incorrectly or the rollbackers themselves have misunderstood exactly when to use the tool and have rolled back a bit too much um, there's bound to be you know growing pains and it's unfortunately people are going to get hurt on both sides of that um, but but broadly speaking from what I I mean it hasn't it hasn't made a huge I haven't really noticed it causing any problems have you is it causing any problems would you say Jerome do we need to do anything does it need to be uninstalled or anything um, I haven't seen anybody go that far. I mean, it's it's really easy if you don't look at a, an edit carefully enough to you know to to go ahead roll back something that that looks like it's not a good edit, and then um, oh maybe one time in a hundred I'll think to myself afterward, well you know was I a little too quick on that trigger? And it only takes basically one time when that one out of a hundred. Uh, somebody raises a real complaint about to, you know, turn into a, a drama on an administrative notice board. That hasn't happened to me yet, but I could see it happening to somebody, and I hope I never make that mistake. But once you have tools, I mean, rollback or admin tools, it's, it, it's very easy to lose sight of, um, 
you know, how it seems to be a mysterious power to people who don't have it. <laughs> and in fact, the, uh, Steve, we've got you typing away here. We'll give you a go. Let's, let's see if we can get your audio working, Steve. You're just saying that it's been actually proposed to expand it a bit, has it? Yeah, um, someone, uh, um, I can't remember when it was, but someone proposed uh, that um, after a certain amount of time, I think it was about a month on Wikipedia and a certain amount of edits and no history of vandalism, that um, it would become, or on a, there was some sort of um, uh, suggested that the Wikipedia um, thing be changed so people would automatically get it after a certain amount of time. Um, do you do you roll back, Steve? Yeah, I'm a rollbacker, and uh, I um I used to do pretty much all pretty much my edits were vandal reversion, and now I'm broadening what I'm doing because of the fact I've been labelled a vandal fighter. So, um, and uh, do you support the idea that it kind of becomes like a a kind of editor version of inverse semi-protection. <laughs> what I mean what? by that is exactly what you're saying, just that after a little while, the software decides and just says, meh, yeah, you haven't had a warning on your page or it's done automatically and, and someone after... What, what time do you think would be a good idea, Steve, if you support the idea at all? Well, I wouldn't... I don't think I would support that idea, to be honest. The um, Solely because of the reason that uh, some people could... Uh, wait that time and misuse it or it could be misused for uh, edit wiring or POV, POV pushing and um, I think it should stay the way it is that uh, we should await um, and, uh, people should be you know, going to administrator or going to the rollback request board or wherever it is and request rollback manually instead of it uh, being uh, auto um, you know pretty much given as a right yeah, yeah. The other issue with um, that idea is that it wouldn't, there was no capability to have it removed. So if it's, a use, if it's a powerful tool, we need to make sure that we've got the ability to sort of police it. That's, that's what you're kind of saying, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, because it can, like if someone, for example, has gone and made 70 edits to a page and it has happened, um, and then someone goes, like, and someone goes and rolls back all the edits. Like I'll I'll pull up a thread now that I'm I've uh, that I mentioned on a uh, AIV talk, and um, it happened. But um, the thing is, people can be too quick to roll back, and then it can cause it can cause people to get annoyed. And I've made the mistake, and I'll, I'm free to show it. Let me find it. So what? Yeah, you're saying that it's. It, it becomes you become so used to using the tool you forget that in some situations it could inflame it or it, it actually causes problems. And you're saying you've you felt you've been on the, the the receiving end of some heat there, have you? Well, yeah, there's there's no doubt. And um, ever since uh, um, there was a particular incident, which I'm just bringing up now, um, it'll take me in a, a minute, but. Um, uh, it's something I'm not proud of, and ever since then I've been very, very careful to, uh, um, to uh, how I do to, to not, yeah, to not have a, an itchy trigger finger. This relates to what Derove was saying, wasn't it? That it can be very tempting to think, you know, note roll back, note roll back, and that's gonna, that's gonna cause problems. So yeah. um, we, there's, right now though, there's no particular movement gathering any any sort of momentum to to actually 
go a step backwards, as in to remove rollback from, from non-admin users or, or anything like that. Um, well, there, but there's there, a, there is. At the moment, rollback can be removed, but um, the issue is, is that the suggestion for automatic rollback, as in people automatically get it, would um, it wouldn't be able to be removed. So that's one to be careful of. Um, any, yeah. Anyone else? Um, Adrian, you, you're sort of saying, are, are you a rollback Adolf? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm using Twinkle only, and it's enough. I don't need rollback. Never asked for it. So that's that's an interesting point, actually. These third party um, Twinkle is a, like a an add-on, if you like, isn't it? I, I don't actually never seen it, never used it, but um, it gives you. I gather it gives quite a lot of the of the same sort of functionality as rollback without actually being rollback. Yeah, and a lot of other functions. So I basically never cared. <laughs> so we'll watch that one. Oh, just just one thing for you, Steve. Um, you've got you mentioned the links. I'll get you to paste them at some point into the actual wiki page. Um, and in fact, notes to both everyone listening and everyone here chatting. In fact, um, over time well, we I might use the wiki page a bit more to um, to actually provide links to people. Um, you know, if they if they want to relate to what we're saying, so you can put those. Um, those couple of links you threw in there, Steve, on the wiki page, and folks, well, if they're interested in seeing, go ahead, Steve. I think I think this leads. I think because we're discussing this rollback and being overly aggressive, that if it's right, if we can go in directly to the uh, um, the second last topic on uh, being overtly uh, aggressive with um, new editors and labelling them as vandalism. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll, I'll just cover that. Idea. In. Yeah. That sounds like yeah, a good idea. I'd just like to read off something that Adshore posted to the uh, text chat here. Uh, description of Twinkle for people who are interested in it. It's a set of JavaScripts that gives registered users several new options to assist them in common with PDF maintenance tasks and to help them deal with acts of vandalism. It provides users with three types of rollback functions and includes a full library of speedy deletion functions, user warnings, Pseudo auto magical reporting of vandals and much much more. This sounds like an advertisement, but it, from what I, I I'm not a Twinkle user, but from everything I've heard, it's a good thing. So there's a Wikipedia Twinkle page if you want to look that up. Um, if you'd like to, would anybody mind if I went ahead and uh, the um, emerging zero tolerance policy? Uh, Steve originally proposed this. Yep. Some recent well, changes patrollers are in, implementing. Want to go ahead, Steve, if you'd like to? Well, I'm, I've been uh, pretty vocal on this. On um, the the current discussion, I think everyone, obviously not now because it's quite large, but um, the uh, have a look at the administrator intervention against vandalism uh, talk page. Um, there's a current discussion on um. Because there's a new uh, template where um, people are checking uh, reports that, um, and because people are being overtly aggressive, like uh, uh, um, they are reporting things like test edits or, and the um, and the thing the thing we see at the moment is a lot of people are having zero tolerance policy, and I can say it myself. I've done the same thing before when I've. Uh, um, you know, a few weeks ago or so, I, I would have gone and labelled uh, test edits as vandalism, and um, 
it's just an issue we have at the moment because you see the uh, the trend, and this is actually pushing editors away because um, so the editors are being. If I can, if I can break in here, we'll have to assume yep. that not everybody who listens to this chat is is intimately familiar with Wikipedia. Can you explain what a test edit is and what vandalism is? Okay, sure. A test edit is something that a new editor makes. For example, um, the the examples I like to do are people like writing on a page. Can I edit this page or um, or edits such as um, inserting the uh, default image, um, there's a, a way to insert an image and some people put that there, um, the default one in there and people label the test edits as vandalism and, um, and, uh, things like, uh, not, um, you know, things that we would consider and we would always do, they don't do because they're new and we consider those as vandalism and vandalism is stuff, uh, such as, um, well, the really obvious stuff like uh, mass uh, obscenities, such as typing the word penis, and <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Um, we get that a lot, uh, actually. <laughs> yes, it's uh, probably the most immature and common vandalism we have. Um, things like uh, inserting, uh, you know, inappropriate images into articles multiple times. Um, Let's not give uh, anybody also, people ideas, but we we get the idea. Uh, yes, we don't want to stuff beans up their nose. We don't want to inspire people to do this, but just to just give an example of one versus the other. A test edit would yeah. be somebody t- typing high, and vandalism would be blanking an entire article, let's say. Yeah. Okay, so the debate here at, with recent changes patrollers, uh, which we call RC patrols sometimes, is what? Yeah, well, the the debate is is that people being overtly aggressive and too quick to report. Like the other thing we're discussing at the moment is, uh, like for example, the person makes an edit at uh, uh, twenty one hundred hours, and then they get they get a warning at twenty one oh one. They make another edit at twenty one oh two, and then they get reported at twenty one oh three. The now, debate is, is that really... Okay, if they're typing in, though, obscenities at 2101 yeah. and at 2102, then maybe that's not mm. such a bad thing. Well, yes, obviously, but but there's other there's other cases where, um, obviously, the, yeah, exactly. If they haven't seen the warning, that's, that's the debate as well, you know. Is it really... Warnings, if they haven't seen them, is it really counted as being issued, if you sort of know what I mean? Because if they haven't seen a warning, like if, well, it's like you see, you look through edit histories and then you see they've got these four edits and then they've got a block and they're in a really short space of time and you think, have they had time to see the warning before they've been um, blocked? And the culture at the moment we have is people who are really, really quick to just um, slap people with... uh, um, who aren't necessarily vandals as vandals and then have them quick to block. And it's really a zero tolerance policy. And we have to, um, I was writing an essay on, um, this, but, uh, due to some internet problems, my whole essay was wiped. But, uh, um, the, the discussion really is, is that, um, what, 
is that uh, it's really not appropriate having a zero tolerance policy, and we have to be more. Um, um, we have to be more willing to like assume good faith in. Obviously, there are cases where it's obvious vandalism, and they're not doing anything at all to uh, con- contribute to our project. But edits where it's not, you know, it's it's not too sure about that. Then um, we have to give them the benefit of the, of the doubt, and th- it's not happening anymore. From what I see, it's, it's Steve, um, something I'd just like to sort of quickly raise. I know we're short on time. Um, I, I think yeah. this is perhaps a problem that's. Um, that has arisen also from the the use of um, using Twinkle and Huggle is that yeah because the, the the speed of which you can warn people and the way that the speed of which you can revert edits is that mm. you don't you don't give people that time that button yeah pretty fast well, specific and well, I think specific yeah go on. Yeah, well, specifically Huggle, I know from my experience, when I was um, in that sort of zero-tolerance mode where I'd pretty much revert anything that was slightly vandalism or slightly not constructive as vandalism because of the fact it was so fast. And we have to... I mean, there was a discussion on, you know, it, it takes four clicks to do this and it takes another two clicks to issue them a, a test edit or something, but... It's um, it's it's because it's fast, but the people who are on RC Patrol are really concerned that um, their edits, the people have vandalism, and they're less likely, uh, they're less um, willing to give leeway. And I think also we they consider it a race. Like um, if they don't revert it, someone else will beat them to it. And it's not about a race; it's about it's about controlling and preventing damage to our project. So. Um, yeah. If if I could bring in Skartal, Skartal has an interesting question here about the number of warnings. Skartal, can you, <coughs> do you have voice? Yes, I have Skartal. voice. Hello. Okay, would you like yep. to, would you like to present your question? Yeah, I mean, my question is about numbers of warnings. Um, my understanding is that, you know, on the when I've gone to report IP vandals, for instance, it seems like there's a standard message that says there should be ample warning for a person before they're blocked. And I'm wondering if there's sort of an agreement among administrators, I'm obviously not one, um, about um, what how many warnings there should be. And, and you know, I mean, Dorova mentioned on this chat that, you know, if it's an extreme obscenity vandal, obviously that's probably a little worse and maybe we shouldn't have any warnings, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it seems like we ought to have some. Well, I'm I'm not a um, can I, can I, yeah. Well, I'm not an administrator either, but I'm I'm one who um I've done quite a fair bit of vandal work, and I quite often check ARV, and because quite a lot of time there are reports which don't require blocking. Um, I would generally say um, I'd look at a couple of things. I'd first look at whether it's a, a shared IP address, because if it's shared, then it's possible um you know it's a different user. But then you also have to look at the contributions. Like, if they've got a long, long history of vandal edits, then you'd be quicker to give them, a like, a caution instead of just a, a sort of a, a test edit warning. And, um, yeah, and also you have to look at the severity of the vandalism. Like, if it's, if it's a test edit or if it's something... Um, 
if it's something that's really not clear-cut vandalism, like inserting uh, in incorrect information with you know in good faith. Well, it's not really vandalism, but stuff as we've spoken about, like obvious obscenities and um, uh, um, you know obvious vandalism. You know, we should be less lenient on. Yeah, it makes it, it, it Scott. Uh, you you were saying um, we can return to this actually because the whole the, the concept of some of the issues you touch on actually relate not just to this specific issue which Steve is explaining the the issue of what constitutes vandalism and how best to deal with it and you know and how powerful the various tools are, but also the the um, the ways in which we cope with informing and educating new users and the way we you know do we follow our own rules fairly is it clear to people what they are there's a whole other sort of world to talk about there which we'll we'll bump to next time and I think the big one for next time was a topic which was suggested uh, which is opt-in advertising the idea that you know could the wiki benefit from some advertising I've uh, I've certainly said in the past and I sort of stand by it that I think I think we've got to seriously look at that. We're passing on what could be tens, if not hundreds, of millions of, of revenue, which could do some serious good in the world. So there's a and I'd like there's to another discussion. Editing, if, we accept that, if the Wikimedia Foundation accepts that money. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say I'm going to say thanks to everybody for coming, and I'm going to hand over to my esteemed co-host Derova just to do the final words and the goodbyes from everyone. But thanks very much for listening, guys. That's it from me, Private Music. Yes, well, thank you, everyone, for for coming. Um, We've got a couple of uh, topics to talk about next time. We've got a much bigger room this time than before. We are up to 16 people in the room right now. I don't think we've ever been in double digits before. And um, if you'd like to go ahead and schedule another request for a time, uh, we've been trying to work on late evening uh, Fridays for Europe, uh, our current time, because our first couple of sessions were good for North Americans and for Australians, but not so good for Europeans. So if you'd like to propose a time that's good in your time part of the world, please do. Uh, please be aware, though, that Skype as a service gets its peak usage from the Middle East. So if you would like a time that is uh, heavily used in the Middle East, then we we would have a greater chance of technical problems. But thank you all for coming very much. We will continue non-recorded uh, as soon as this is done so we can continue discussing this. Private musings, would you like to close up? Sure, I just want to get a door for you there. Go on, say goodbye, Dorf. Goodbye, good night. It's past midnight here. Good night. Hey, and Skartal? Yes, thank you. Uh, Phil? See you guys. Talk to you later. Lettery, all the way from Brisbane. See you guys. we still got Mike in the room. I'm sure I can feel his presence. Yes, yes, I'm still here. A few more thanks from, um, uh, let's see here, from S.T. Walkerster, from uh, E, from Adstor, from QST, from Steve Croson. And, and well, actually, it's been suggested on chat that what we're going to do now is sing a four-part harmony version of our goodbye song. After four, a 